is Jimmy Scroggins. I'm the lead pastor at Family Church in West Palm Beach, Florida. Are you tired of going to conferences, reading books, and listening to speakers who tell you how to do church when you know that you cannot do what they are recommending? You've come to the right place on our podcast. We're going to give you principles, strategies, and ideas that you can implement right now with the resources you have at your church because this is church for the rest of us. Hello, my name is Steve Wright, and I serve as executive pastor here at Family Church. And today on Church for the Rest of Us, we're going to be talking about the three circles and how that actually happened. I'm with lead pastor Jimmy Scroggins, and he's the one that created this tool. And Jimmy, there's a very interesting story that not many of our listeners have heard about the three circles and how it all happened. And it's really a funny story. I'd like for you to share that with us as as we get started. Yeah, the three circles, it's funny because it it actually is an effective evangelistic tool, but we didn't set out to create an evangelism tool. We never sat out and said, hey... Let's come up with a new way to share the gospel. That wasn't even on our there radar. Are, there are already too many we, ways. We knew, all right, I had too many tools in my <laughs> toolbox already. And so uh, when I came down here to be the pastor of First Baptist Church of West Palm Beach in 2008, I knew that I needed to connect it with younger people. Our church had an aging population, our dem- older demographic, and I wanted to connect with younger people. And so we put a blurb in the bulletin that said, Preparation for Marriage Class, taught by Pastor Jimmy and Kristen, that's my wife. It's going to be on Wednesday nights, costs $40 for materials. It's going to last six weeks. The first eight couples that sign up will be glad to have you in the class. And immediately the class filled up and I was excited about it. And these guys went and bought their books and I had come from a Bible Belt context. I came from Louisville, Kentucky, where I taught at Southern Seminary. And we had a large multi-site church at Highview Baptist Church that we're a part of. And I was a pastor there and I did large parenting and marriage and pre-marriage seminars all the time. And I did a wedding, not every single week, but two or three weddings a month I was involved in with all these young couples. And I just felt really equipped and prepared to do this kind of a ministry. So I was excited when we got these couples in our class. And I had assigned them a lot of really good books about how the gospel impacts our view of marriage. So I had them reading all these Paul Tripp books, you know, and oh, yeah. all these the different gospel-centered Tim Keller, meaning all, yeah, Mar- all, all of that yeah. kind of stuff. So I have them assigned that. So we get to the class, and I'm excited about meeting these young couples. And when they got there, it was completely different <laughs> than, than I anticipated. I looked around the room. There was a, one couple like what I had envisioned, two kids that were basically, they were seniors at Palm Beach Atlantic University, which is here in close proximity to our church. They had grown up in church. They had been dating a couple of years. They're ready to get married. That's what I'm talking about. Thank the Lord. I want to mentor them. But as I looked around the room, everyone else in the room was in their late 20s or their 30s or their 40s. They were from all different races. And honestly, most of them were living together, not married, and hardly any of them were Christians. And most of them didn't go to church. And they had been referred to the class by people at our church that saw the blurb in the bulletin. Yeah, so they thought this has to help, right? It's got to help. So I started going around saying, well, let's introduce ourselves. And sitting to my right was a young lady. Her name was Katie, sweet girl, late 20s. And she explained that she had two children, two previous relationships. And she was there with her boyfriend, Jorge. They had been living together. She was visibly pregnant. And they were going to have a baby soon together. And they were thinking about getting married. So that's amazing, Katie. Thank you. And I looked at Jorge. I said, Jorge, tell me, tell me a little bit about your story. And Jorge looked at me straight in the eye and said, no hablo inglés. <laughs> so, so I looked at Katie and said, well, Katie, could you please translate for him right. what's going on? And so 
tell him we want to hear his story. And Katie said, oh, I don't speak a word of Spanish. And so I had this guy who speaks not a word of English there with a girl speaking not a word of Spanish, and they could not talk to each other. But but she, she was pregnant. But they had been communicating. There right? you go. Somehow. <laughs> and so fortunately for me, Jorge was sitting next to a lady named Priscilla. And Priscilla's a beautiful girl, 30s, MBA. She was on the fast track in the corporate world, moving up the ladder of a big bank. And fortunately for me, she was Puerto Rican and she could speak Spanish fluently. So she could translate for Jorge. And we did get to kind of get a little bit of Jorge's story. And it turns out Priscilla... I'd never, ever been in a church building until this meeting that I'm describing right now. Wow. She'd been raised as a Buddhist in Puerto Rico. Mm. So I've got Priscilla, the Puerto Rican Buddhist, sitting next to Jorge, the undocumented immigrant from Mexico who speaks no English, sitting next to his pregnant girlfriend, Katie. With, that didn't speak, speak Spanish. Didn't speak Spanish. Well, Priscilla came with her boyfriend. She lived with her boyfriend. She was also expecting a child with him. He was a Jamaican ex-NFL football player named Stanley, and Stanley had a son from a previous relationship. Priscilla had a daughter from a previous marriage and they had been together. And I actually found out that they met in the parking lot of Walmart and that's where they hit it off and that's a very great... quickly moved in together. Yeah. Walmart, the singles that, place to me, right? right? And they got together and we went around and it was all of these different people with stories just like that, unchristian, unchurched. And I realized that the Paul Tripp books and the Tim Keller books and kind of the reformed Baptisty, churchy way of talking about gospel-centered marriage and relationships was irrelevant because these people had no basis for that. Mm. They did not agree that they were lost. They did not agree necessarily that they were broken. They did not agree on whether or not Jesus is really the Son of God. And so we had to find a way to talk to them about how the gospel impacts their relationships and talk about it to people who knew no Bible stories and no Bible verses. And so that week I went in my office and I had a whiteboard in my office and I just said, I asked the Lord, I said, God, I've got to find a way, a simple way, a way they can understand, a way that grabs their attention to explain how the gospel can impact their relationships and their future marriages. And I just began to play with it all week and figured it. Finally, the, the three circles emerged from that week of, of really prayer and thinking about how to explain the gospel really in regard to marriage. Yeah. And so that's how the three circles came. And I found that as I explained the three circles for the first time the next Wednesday night to this group, they were fully engaged and it made sense to them. And especially when I started talking about brokenness, right. I could see for the first time things began to click in their minds and I really got their attention. And that let me lead into the gospel and the opportunity to recover and pursue God's design. And this class, Preparing for Marriage, really is where the three circles emerged. Well, you use the word simple, and I think that's a key, you know, term for this three circle tool. And certainly, you know, something that we have seen help as this thing has, I mean, caught wildfire. Jimmy, one of the things that you just mentioned was that this was really a tool that was created out of necessity. And so, you know, this idea of how much people are broken, this is something that they can relate to. And, you know, really the understanding of in an environment like ours where you're wanting to have conversation with genuinely lost people and people that are far from God, a tool like this is very helpful. But talk to us a little bit about what has happened. I mean, we, we get stories literally every day. People text or it's on social media or people tell us 
talk to us a little bit what has happened and how this has really, you know, gone gone viral. Well, I tell you, I tell you the, the main thing that showed me how effective the tool could be was this class, because we had a cross-section of all kinds of people, different socioeconomic levels, different levels of education, almost universally, though, unchurched, unschooled, no Bible knowledge. And when I saw how they began to understand how the gospel could impact their marriage, their relationships, when I saw and had conversations with them in the class and outside of the classroom about their own personal brokenness, I realized we were onto something. Right. And actually, almost all of those people in that class gave their lives to Christ. And we baptized almost all of them, and almost all of them got married. I did about, I think I did, I think I did three wedded, three of the four couples. Or, or, out of, out yeah, of the group. Yeah, got married, got baptized, joined our church, and and I remember just having conversation after conversation, and the the concepts of God's design and brokenness and recovering and pursuing God's design resonated with them, and they would repeat these concepts to me over the course of this six-week class. Well, Jimmy, you and I struggle with the same thing that every church in America, every pastor has the same struggle. I mean, we would like more of our people having gospel conversations, sharing Christ with their friends, right? I mean, that's something that we want more of our people on mission. And so this tool was a simple way because now, instead of having a Christian debate with a unchurched person that's far from God, our people could engage easily in a conversation. And so that hasn't just happened in our church. It's really happened nationally and around the world. So tell us a a little bit of how that has been happening and how this has caught traction. Well, as we began to use this tool more and more in our own church, we're going to use it in our sermons. We draw it on the board on Sunday mornings and we began to share it and train a few people on our staff would kind of catch on to it and begin to share it. Now, we really realized that this was something that maybe was scalable and reproducible. And the North American Mission Board, who, you know, Dr. Kevin Ezell, the president, there's a close friend of mine. He has such a heart for personal evangelism and such a desire to see people trained and engaged in personal evangelism. He said, Jimmy, we want to take the three circles and we want to nationalize it and promote it all over the country and provide this tool to people so that churches and pastors and uh, Southern Baptists and others all around the the nation can actually use it. And so they created an app. And so we have an app that's available. And I think we're going to put the link to the app in our show notes. And they even put together a a kit. You and I wrote a book about it. And so we put these materials together. And this is why I love the Three Circles so much. And I love talking about it. You and I, Steve, we're not making a dime off the Three Circles. So we gave it to NAM with the agreement that they could not sell it. Right. And so all the materials that they create, they've printed, I think, two or three million Three Circles tracks, had thousands and thousands, tens of thousands of downloads on the app, created kits that they've sent all Mm -hmm. over the world and all over America for training. And they're doing all this for the cost of reproduction. Nobody's copywriting this. Nobody's making royalties off of this. This is the gospel, and we're not selling it. And the cool thing about that is, it also means it's an open source tool. So if somebody says to me, hey, Jimmy, we want to use this tool, but we want to change it a little bit. Yeah, we want to tweak language. it. Please tweak it. And, you know, I often share the gospel uh, with the three circles on a napkin at a restaurant. Right. And people say, well, I want to say, instead of saying the gospel in the second circle, I want to say Jesus. 
And I would say, hey, man, you know what? It's your napkin. It's your napkin. Right, whatever you want. <laughs> Knock yourself out. Right. And so that, that really makes it kind of fun to promote, right. fun to talk right. about. But we've seen NAM, the North American Mission Boards, use it. There's a group called E3 Partners, and they do a website and do a lot with a, with an organization they've called IamSecond.org. And they've those really, guys yeah. have embraced the three circles, and they've promoted it not only all over North America, but all around the world. Right. And so we've seen people really on every continent except for Antarctica, as far as I know. I would love to see a three circles drawn in Antarctica. <laughs> if somebody gets that, please tweet it at us. Or they'll, they'll, they'll get the special prize. Oh, my gosh. I would love to have that. But but they have shared the three circles and trained people in the three circles you know, all, all over the world. We've seen college students sharing it with professors in secular universities. We've got high school and middle school students sharing it on the board in public school and private school classrooms. We've seen people in Russia and Peru and Mexico and in, in the United Kingdom and Ireland and Iran. We've seen them sharing the three circles in all these different languages. We've seen people adapt it for kids and draw amazing artwork around it to make it more attractive to kids. The Salvation Army's used it. People have drawn it on the beaches in Mexico and tweeted or texted us pictures of it. We even saw a group of Christian surfers that has a ministry in Mexico made uh, surfboard stickers that right. they put on there. That Those, they're really cool. Yeah, awesome. There's a, there's a Christian school just texted me this week and said, hey, we're going to put a picture of the three circles on the door of every, every door. classroom in, yeah, our, every door. in our Christian school. It's one of the premier Christian schools in America. And just the way that people have decided to make use of it's really, really overwhelming. Well, Jimmy, you talk about how this is really an open source and, you know, it's your napkin. One one of my favorite stories is we were sent a picture of how someone actually carved the three circles in pumpkins last year for, yeah, for right. uh, Halloween. <laughs> yeah, it was cool. And then we've gotten, you know, the pictures of people who've been on airplanes sharing the gospel and actually have drawn it on the barf bags. Now, my all-time favorite one so far is... The barf that, bag three circles pretty good. That, oh, yeah, that was pretty good. But my all-time favorite is the Maasai warriors in Kenya. And I know yeah. you've seen that one. I oh, mean, yeah. here they are in full garb, and these guys are sitting around in their tribe training each other how to share the gospel using the three circles. Yeah. And I know when you were in your office that day praying and asking, you know, crying out to God for him to show you, there was no way you could imagine that this would happen, but it's really been pretty amazing. Well, I think one of the, one of the most fun aspects of this whole thing is that we never set out to create a tool for anybody. I was trying to have a conversation. You were desperate. I was desperate because I had these people were going to come back on Wednesday and they're kind of looking at me like, you're the preacher. Tell us, tell us what we're supposed to do in regard to marriage. Right. And I was trying to ask God to give us an answer. And I tell you, Steve, the, the most powerful part of the three circles, because these people were not theologically on board with what I was saying. And I even had Priscilla, the, the Puerto Rican Buddhist, come to my home and sat there with my wife and with me. And uh, she started crying and she said, Jimmy, when I first met you and you started sharing this concept of brokenness, I was angry because oh, yeah. I thought, I remember you who sharing that. are you to say that I am broken? Right. And she said, but the more we talked, the more we, re the more I realized, and she started crying in my living room, I am broken. Right. And things that happened to me when I was a little girl made me broken and choices that I made made me broken. And the fact that my first husband left me made me broken. And I've just made one choice after another, after another. It's made me more and more and more broken. And she said, the reason I become a believer is I realize if I, she said, she used these words, if, if I was going to fix my own brokenness, I would have done that a long time wow. ago. And so she came to Christ and we baptized her and they, they got married. I mean, it was, it was just such a sweet story. And this concept of brokenness, Steve resonates with people globally. This is part of the human 
condition. condition. Right. And it doesn't matter whether you live in a refugee camp in the Sudan or you live in a mansion on Palm Beach. Everyone, everybody that I've talked to, when I start talking about brokenness, it's amazing how they start leaning in and not in their head. Yeah. Jimmy, one of the favorite things about the three circles that really encourages me is that we're getting reports of people who have never shared their faith before. And so you have, you know, men and women who've been in churches really for decades who've, you know, obviously heard in evangelical churches that they need to share Christ, that that's something that they need to do. They need to make disciples that have never been able to do it, but are now confidently sharing Christ with, with their friends and with their relatives and with their neighbors. And that obviously is exciting. But, you know, honestly, Jimmy, we really never thought it would go this far, that this would actually happen, because quite honestly, when you look at the three circles, it's not overly impressive. I mean, all it is is three circles and three arrows. And so, you know, (laughs) and it's not impressive. Right. And this is the thing about it is the reason it's powerful is you can take a somebody who knows no Bible verses and no Bible stories. And if they embrace the gospel and come to Christ immediately without memorizing any verses or telling any stories other than the cross and the resurrection, they can begin to share the gospel using the three circles because they can understand it and they can quickly repeat the gospel. Likewise, though, if you have somebody like you, Steve, or like me, and again, we've been trained in every method out there, right? We know EE and CWT and the faiths. We know the Romans road and the bridge and the four spiritual laws. Okay. But I can incorporate all of the training that I've had in my over a lifetime I can do a much more sophisticated explanation of the three circles if it's required. And I can bring in stories and Bible verses and illustrations and all kinds of things. But I've been equipped to do that. And so the three circles doesn't limit me from bringing in other, you know, kind of aspects of the gospel that that I've been trained in. But I can take somebody who's never heard the gospel before they become a Christian. They don't have to have extensive training and flow charts and extensive Bible memory work. They can go home right then take the picture that we drew on the napkin or on the piece of paper or on the barf bag, and they can take it right now and explain it to somebody else. And that to to me has been the most powerful aspect of the three circles that we've seen, not just here at family church, but we've seen it repeated around the world. Well, Jimmy, what are some of the basic elements that you think have allowed this to get traction? What are, what are a couple of those things to you? Well, I think one, it's easy to remember. So again, three circles, three arrows. It also is visual. People like, being engaged. It's amazing to me. I start drawing the three circles. I draw one circle. They're watching. I write, draw one arrow. They're watching to see what I'm doing. They're following along. Yeah. I draw another circle. It's like, Hey guys, guess what's coming next? Another circle with another. (laughs) All right. But it's amazing. They will lean in and watch you draw this. And something about the visual, visual nature of it draws. Well, and it's interactive because when you draw that, you're at the end of it. When you say, Hey, where do you see yourself? That's right. They they self-identify. So it it is simple. Yeah. And I think the way that the North American mission board pitched this was really wise. They, they came up with this phraseology. They said, we don't want to call this a gospel presentation. We want to call it a conversation guide. Right. And I think that's really wise because that really is what we're talking about. It is a conversation guide about God's design, about brokenness and about the gospel. And it allows us to bring in our own personal stories into the conversation. And it also allows us to include the meta narrative in scripture of creation, fall, redemption, right. and restoration. Right. And it combines personal testimony, personal story with the biblical meta narrative and uh, gives you an opportunity to present it in a way that's, that's compelling. Well, Jimmy, on average, you know, they say that American adults have 27 conversations a day. 
Okay, so in those conversations, most of the time, people are going to come to you and they're going to share. They have some type of concern. There's something political. There's a problem. Something's going on. There's some type of health issue. There's something going on. And so what this tool actually does, it allows people to go from those everyday problems and actually get to the gospel. Now, you share a funny story when you've preached this to our congregation about uh, a lot of times our response is, I'll pray for you. Yeah, and so right. share, share. Well, it's just lame. Like uh, how many times have you been in a situation where you, you were in a conversation, somebody shares something with you and they share a problem, an issue. Uh, right. Somebody's got cancer. I'm going through a divorce. Oh, My terrible. Kids on drugs. Right. And the Holy Spirit is like sending alarm bells off in your mind. Like, like whoop, whoop, say something, say yeah, something. Yeah. And you don't know what to say. And so you mumble something super lame, like, you know, oh, I'll pray for you. And that's all you <laughs> yeah. can come back. And you walk away kicking yourself like, are you serious? I've been a is Christian that for all 30 I can years. Come up with? And the most I can mumble, this person's like pouring out their guts to me. And all I could come up with was, oh, pray for you. Oh my gosh, a, a non-Christian does that. Right. You know, and so this gives somebody an opportunity and, a, and an equipping so that when they hear the concern, the issue, when they hear someone sharing a problem, they immediately have a There's way. the opportunity. That's right, the opportunity. And they're trained to seize on it. And this is what the Three Circles does to me the best, is it gives you an opportunity to talk about brokenness. Right. And whenever you hear someone share a part of their life, share with you a little part of their brokenness, that could be the Holy Spirit opening a door for you to share the gospel. And Three Circles lets you address that. Well, Jimmy, you know, obviously you and I are very excited that uh, people are using this worldwide, but also we have a responsibility right here in our own Jerusalem. And so talk to us a little bit about churches like us, churches like the rest of us. How are they actually maximizing and using this tool in the North American context? Well, to me, the coolest thing about the Three Circles is it's cheap. All right. So a lot of these different presentation methods, you got to buy a license and a and a massive kit and expensive workbook training and yeah everybody's got to buy a twenty five dollar workbook and uh, you know it's it just is a massive business enterprise and somebody's making a lot of money doing this and there's nothing wrong with that but that's what it is right one of the things that I love about the North American Mission Board is they have made these kits they have provided these kits you can go on their website right now our links are going to be in the show notes for thirty five dollars you can get the kit and that's the cost of reproduction for the kit. All of these things are being done. Nobody's making royalties or money off it. They're all for the cost of reproduction, and it's it's cheap. The other thing is it's comprehensive. So you take people who've been trained in a lot of different methods. This can be another tool for them or people who've never been trained in any method. And honestly, the last major endeavor to train people in the North American context was the faith strategy spearheaded by Bobby Welch, and it was an awesome strategy. We all did it, and God used it. Churches used it. But that was in the 90s. Right. Okay, that was in the 90s. That means there's been an entire generation of people raised in our churches who have never been trained in any method of well, sharing and you, the gospel. Yeah, and you, if you think about your first encounter of sharing the gospel is to go up to a home that you've never been to and dogs are barking and you've never, it's, the lights are, you know, dim and you're not, and some six foot eight giant comes to the door. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty intimidating. And it so is. this tool allows them to, to really start where they're at and have conversations. Now, Jimmy, there's some practical things that churches are doing. Walk us through some of those so that the guys that are listening today, the pastors that are listening today, that they could probably that would, would help them? Well, I think being able to train children, we've done children and train them in kids camp, training students. We've trained students in student camp, training, training adults. And look, I still believe if you're in a situation where you can do it, I still think door to door is one of the best ways to train people. But I also think 
just put it, we've put this on bracelets. We've used it in sermons. We've put it on t-shirts and stickers and apps and everything. All of these training tools are right there for people. And to me, if churches will take these tools and take what they have and who they have, take these tools and just start using them, start rolling the ball, they'll be amazed at how God will use their obedience and their desire to see people come to Christ. Well, Jimmy, you and I, you know, come from sports backgrounds. And a lot of times, you know, you just think about the football analogy of being in the huddle. And, you know, so the quarterback's not sitting there with calling 15 plays. He's calling a play. And one of the things that really benefited us and really helped us a lot is when we saw that how we were getting traction is we really went all in with one method. And that really helped our church. Any thoughts that you have? Well, I just totally recommend that. In fact, every time I talk to churches about creating an evangelistic culture, I say, you've got to pick a tool, pick a tool, make this your tool. It doesn't mean that all the other tools aren't any good or that you don't endorse all of them that that teach the gospel, but every church ought to have a tool. If it's not the three circles, pick the one that you like the best, that you think is the most effective, that you can train the most people in, but pick a tool and just say, this is the play that we're running. And uh, to me, if you don't do that, because I've talked to pastors who said, oh, we want to give them a smorgasbord of tools and build a whole toolbox. Okay, that will work for your two 65-year-old deacons who've been to every visitation right. since 1968. <laughs> and those guys will learn every method, no witness to anything that walks. But for your rank and file people who have never shared the gospel and frankly have no plans to share the gospel, right. the three circles is something that you ought to consider because you can easily train people who've never shared the gospel before and they can learn quickly, and it will flow in the course of a real conversation that they're going to have. And Jimmy, actually, we what we want to do, we, we're really not wanting people to just share Christ in a, in a method of addition. We really want to lead our church to multiplication. So one of the things that we have to do with a tool like this is actually put it in the hands of new believers. And you think about John 4, where Jesus goes to the Samaritan woman there at the well, and uh, who, you know, if you just think about the strategy of reaching all of Samaria, I mean, like the the worst candidate in the world, the, like the last person that you would pick to be the my missionary is the woman who's had, you know, several husbands and the man that she's living with now right. is not even her husband. Of course. And so, you know, this idea after she repented and believed the gospel, I mean, she she was a change agent and her whole community came to Christ. I mean, it was amazing. And so tools like this that are simple are something that you actually can put in the hands of new believers so that they can share Christ. And then that allows you to actually get to multiplication. Yeah. And this was an expectation that Jesus repeated, not just with the woman of the well, but think about the demoniac. After Jesus cast the the demons out of the demoniac and put them into the pigs, the demoniac says that the guy who's healed now, he's restored. And he says, hey, I want to come with you, Jesus, and be one of your disciples. And he says, no, no, no. You got to stay here with these towns that are around here. You've got to go tell the people in these towns what I've done for you. Jesus expected brand new believers to go and tell his story to others immediately. And that's what we need to expect to. And I think the three circles can help equip people to do that. Absolutely. Because this this is a tool, I mean, I, w- that just anyone can use. And, you know, you think about Second Corinthians 5 and the idea of us being new creations and we're all ambassadors. And so when that passage says that it is God's will that, you know, all of us are used, that God's making his appeal to others through us, it's pretty amazing. And he's not just doing that with the pros. He's doing it with the average Joe's. And so we really have to go all in on training. It's very important. And so, Jimmy, I really appreciate the encouragement that you've given pastors today. I hope that they feel encouraged. I hope that they feel mobilized. We have some resources that we're going to have in our show notes today. We have the toolkit that the North American 
mission board has put out. And I, I tell you, when we got our copy of that, I mean, it was absolutely amazing. It's one of the, it's one of the most amazing kits that, that when you have it in your hand, it's absolutely just phenomenal. And then also, you know, you and I have written the book and, you know, our listeners can pick that up at, on amazon.com or other various places. But all of this information is going to be on our website, Family Church Network. And it, all of the links and the appropriate things will be in our show notes. And then next week, we're going to be talking about seed churches. So we hope that our listeners will be able to join us for that. Yeah, looking forward to it. Thank you so much for joining us on today's podcast. I'd love for you to follow me on Twitter at Jimmy Scroggins or check out FamilyChurchNetwork.com to chime in on our blog. We want your feedback on today's podcast. Plus, we want to know what you are doing because we want to learn from you too. Hey, until next time, this is Jimmy Scroggins and you've been listening to Church for the Rest of Us.